continuing on in our series on hearing God's voice today based on John 10, 27, where Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Last time we talked about the first of those three phrases, my sheep hear my voice. And we said that uh, Jesus is promising us there that uh, we, have a, we are his sheep. We have a relationship with him. And so we do hear his voice. We can hear the voice of God. And then we talked about how we learn to uh, hear the voice of God. First, we focus on him. Then we listen for him. And then we discern, is it the voice of the devil, our own voice, or the voice of God? All right, so that was my sheep hear my voice. This week, we're going to talk about the second phrase, I know them. So again, we have a relationship with God, of course, through His Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, we tend to think about our salvation mostly in terms of our knowing Jesus. I know Him now. I know the Lord of glory, which is true and which is awesome. But the issue is not only do I know him, but does he know me? And he says here that he does. My sheep hear my voice, I know them. In Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus says that he will one day tell those who claim to have done mighty works in his name. They claim to know him and to have done mighty works in his name, yet didn't do his will. He's going to tell them, depart from me, I never knew you. So he doesn't say, you never knew me, but he says, I never knew you. But he says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. All right, sometimes it's hard to imagine that he would know me personally. Uh, He's the Lord of everything. He's the creator of billions of people. And so we we have a difficult time sometimes imagining that, that he would actually know me personally, especially if I'm not used to hearing him speak to me. And I don't think of him in that personal uh, manner other than receiving his general instruction through the Bible, reading the Bible and Bible teaching. It's easier to understand maybe that he knows about me, even that he would know such detail as the number of hairs on my head. That's, that's still different than thinking that he would know me personally. I might work for a large corporation and my boss may have read my personnel file and uh, he supervises me and and uh, 500 other people, and he's read my personnel file, so he knows a lot about me. But that's different than us sitting down together and talking face-to-face, heart-to-heart about personal issues. He may know about me, but he doesn't really know me. But Jesus says, I know my sheep. He knows you and me individually, personally, intimately. That's why we focus on him, and we listen intently for his voice. It's not like I'm waiting for uh, a news anchor to deliver some information to me and a million other people. I'm waiting for personal, heart-to-heart, pertinent communication from the Lord of glory who knows my name and he knows everything about me. So because he knows us, he knows what I need to hear and he knows how I need to hear it. Uh, Isaiah 65, 24 from the New Living Translation says, I will answer them before they even call to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Jesus reiterated that in Matthew 6, uh, verses 31 and 32. We'll just read a, a portion of that, also from the New Living Translation. It says, Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He knows us, so He speaks to us in relevant ways 
concerning our specific situations. He already knows exactly what we need, and he knows how to answer that need. And he knows how I need to hear the answer. He knows how I need to hear it. So God will speak to us in ways that we understand. Why would he say things to you that you could not understand? His desire and even promise is to guide us into his truth. In John 16, verses 13 and 14, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, this is Jesus speaking, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All right, so be prepared to perceive God in whatever way He may be manifesting Himself. Listen to Job 33, verse 14. This is from the CEV translation. God speaks in different ways, and we don't always recognize His voice. We're saying that God knows how we need to hear Him speaking to us. We don't always recognize His voice, but He speaks in different ways. He speaks in quiet, subtle ways. We see that in 1 Kings 19, verses 11 and 12. Elijah was searching for the Lord, trying to find God. And it says he wasn't in the wind after the wind and earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So all of these big event kind of manifestations, Elijah was looking for the Lord in in these ways. But he wasn't in any of those situations. He, there was a still small voice and it says, then he heard him speak to him. So we hear this example actually quite a bit. Don't expect the Lord to shout at you. He's, he's going to speak with a still small voice. And we can see from this verse, of course, that that's true. And we know probably in our own experience that that is true. However, this verse doesn't tell us that that's the only way God speaks. He also speaks in loud and obvious ways. We see that all through the Bible. 2 Samuel twenty two fourteen says, The Lord thundered from the heavens, and the Most High uttered His voice. In Psalm 29, verse 4, it says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse 7 says, The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. Those are some pretty loud, obvious ways. He speaks with a still, small voice, but he also, if he desires, he can manifest himself in a very loud and obvious way, and we need to learn to perceive him in either. John found that to be true in Revelation 1, verse 10. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. All right, so we need to learn to perceive the Lord, however he's going to manifest himself to us. So how does he speak to us? Well, there are some outward ways that we'll look at and also some inward ways that we'll look at. First, outwardly, the Word of God, Scripture, is the primary, most consistent, most reliable way that the Lord will speak to us throughout our Christian lives. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired, God-spoken, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Everything that's in it was spoken by Him, and so therefore it's useful to conform us to His nature. So Scripture, as we read the Bible, also as we're taught the Bible, will speak to us. We'll hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us. Secondly, the natural world. Uh, Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. 
The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. We can see from what God has created. We can see a lot about him and perceive a lot about what he would speak to us as human beings. In Romans 1, verses 19 and 20, Paul says, What can be known about God is plain to man because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So he can speak to us through the natural world, through circumstances. David says in Psalm 119, verses 67 and 68, he says, Before I was afflicted, he had a circumstance where he, was, he had some kind of affliction that was going on. I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. So there was some circumstance that David had, and he learned from it. He heard the voice of God, and he obeyed. Now, we want to use wisdom here. We can't let uh, what we would call signs, natural signs and circumstances, lead us to wrong conclusions. All right? Circumstances are generally better used to confirm rather than to direct us. I'll give you an example. Sometimes we use what we would call open or closed doors, for instance, to determine where the Lord is directing us in life. I may feel like there's a, a job that I feel like I should take or a, some action that I feel like I should do, but there's not an opening, there's not an opportunity that I can see to do it. So I might ask the Lord to open a door. If that's your will, open a door and I'll walk through it. Or I might see the, the flip side of that, the opposite is that there might be a, an open door to something, an opportunity to do something, but I'm not sure if it's God or not. So I might ask God to close that door. So this is where it's vitally important that we use the Word of God and maybe uh, counsel from trusted friends or leaders to verify what we think the Lord is saying to us through circumstances. Now, just a side note, we don't want to be so mystical that we make something spiritual out of every natural incident, okay? We don't want to be so mystical that every circumstance we perceive something, some word of the Lord in it to us, but neither do we want to be so natural-minded that when God moves in mysterious ways, we can't perceive it, all right? That's just a little side note there. So he might speak to us through circumstances. He might speak to us through a prophetic word. Now that could simply be in a conversation. That might not be somebody laying their hand on your head and saying, thus says the Lord. It could just be in a conversation with someone. Because being prophetic is simply revealing heaven to the earth. Uh, 2 Peter 1.21 says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 31, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So the Lord could speak to us through a prophetic word. Finally, in terms of outward manifestations, you could hear an audible voice. Now, this seems very strange to unbelievers, to skeptics, uh, who think that uh, anyone who would hear an audible voice from the Lord would be crazy. But we see lots and lots of examples in Scripture where this was a fairly regular occurrence. 1 Samuel chapter 3 talks about uh, Samuel and an instance where he heard during the night several times he heard the voice of the Lord. And it was such a natural human sounding voice, he thought it was Eli, the priest that he lived with. It was an actual voice that he could hear with his natural ears. 
in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, when Jesus had been baptized by John in the Jordan River, Matthew tells us, Behold, a voice out of the heavens says, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right, it's obvious that that is the Father speaking. A voice from heaven came, an audible voice where people could actually hear it. All right, so those are outward manifestations where we may hear the voice of God. Inwardly, let's look at five different ways that we may hear the voice of the Lord. First, through an inner impression. Sometimes we call this an inward witness. Um, we might often consider this even to be our conscience. There's a sense or a leaning towards what to do or a desire. You find yourself knowing and wanting to do the will of God. Psalm 37.4 says that He will give you the desires of your heart. Of course, a lot of times that's interpreted as whatever your little heart desires, He will give you. But in the context of kingdom thought and of, of uh, biblical thought, it's more likely that it means that He will plant the desires in your heart so that you want to do His will. Paul confirms that uh, in a prayer that he prayed for the Colossian church in Colossians 1 verse 9. He says, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you can be pleasing to Him, basically. All right, so He may speak to you through an inner impression. It may be an actual inner voice. You may hear words inside of you. Isaiah 30, 21 says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or turn to the left. I guess that could be an audible voice, but a lot of times you just you might hear words inside of you telling you what to do, a voice speaking in your spirit or in your mind. It might be that the Lord brings a scripture verse uh, to you in an inner, inward voice. You hear that, that scripture. John 14, 26 says the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all that Jesus has said to us. Uh, and that's a great way, by the way, letting the, the Spirit bring Scripture to your mind, of course, is an excellent way to learn to discern between your natural mind and the voice of God in your spirit. We talked last time about discerning between your own voice and the voice of God. Hebrews 4.12 talks about that. It says, For the Word of God is, and this is Amplified Translation, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and spirit, of the joints and marrow, of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. So it could be an inner voice that you hear, words that you're hearing. It could be an inner picture, an image that you see in your spirit or in your mind. You may understand what it means or you may need to ponder it. Always let the Lord bring understanding. Don't rush to in interpret something that you're not sure of. Again, John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all the truth. So you might see a, a picture of something, just have a, a flash of an image or something in your mind. You may know exactly what it means and what to do with it. Or it may just be one of those things that you ponder in your heart. And if that's the Lord, there'll be a confirmation of that. You'll understand what it means at a later time. It could be a dream. The Lord can speak to you through a dream. Uh, a dream that you have while you're asleep that you remember when you wake up, at least a, a portion of it. It has significance and meaning beyond just the random occurrences that happen in most dreams. I usually know when the Lord is speaking to me in a dream because I just don't remember. I remember that I have dreamed, but I just don't remember the, the dreams um, very much. So when I remember 
a dream or a portion of it. It's very vivid and I recall it. I wait on God for an interpretation to it because I, I feel like it would have significance. Job 33, verses 15 through 18, uh, says, In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, while they slumber on their bed, then he opens the ears of men. Daniel had dreams. Others in the Bible had dreams. And finally, it could be a vision, what we would call an open vision. Like, for instance, what John describes in the book of Revelation. This was something revealed to John by the Lord, but it was in what seemed to John like a waking three-dimensional reality. Uh, in Revelation 1, 10, 12, and 17, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard. I turned to see. I fell at his feet. This was John suspended, as, as it seemed, from natural reality into a spiritual reality that was a three-dimensional, real, waking occurrence to him in that moment. You might have an open vision like that. All right, so in all these ways, we may hear the voice of the Lord. So God knows us. To sum up, He knows what we need to hear, and He knows exactly how we need to hear it in order to respond to Him, which we'll talk about next week. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. The fruit, the natural fruit of hearing God's voice is that we would obey.